1059 The Region, in partnership with REMAX Prime Properties, present On The Market, real estate advice that works for you. Have a real estate question? Call us at 416-335-1059. Tweet us at 1059 The Region or email us at info at 1059theregion.com. You're listening to 105.9 The Region and welcome to On The Market. This is York Region's exclusive radio real estate show. I'm station manager Tina Cortez and my co-host and real estate expert is Asif Khan with Remax Prime Properties. He has today's first guest. Thank you, Tina. And our guest today is Tim Hudak, CEO of the Ontario Real Estate Association. Tim, welcome back. Hey, Asif. Hey, Tina. Thanks for having me back on uh, on the market. Uh, let me just say first, I uh, hope you guys had a decent Christmas, all things considered, and all the best for this uh, this new year. Thank and you. To Same you to you as well. And, and thank you for all the work that you continue to do through this time period with Aurea and, you know, making the real estate associations, you know, keep us up to date with what's happening with all these changes because they're constant. I'm telling you, eh? like there's a curveball a week, uh, it, uh, it seems. Well, let me first say, I really appreciate the chance to be uh, on the show. You, you've got a, a large following, so it helps us get the word out. And I'll say to your listeners, too, whether they're uh, real estate professionals or just fans of real estate, everything I say you can get at our website, which is OREA, O-R-E-A, so OREA, COVID19info.com. But you're absolutely right. This uh, past uh, Tuesday and Wednesday, uh, Premier Ford came out with some new rules and new restrictions and across the board stay-at-home order that's going to affect all of us, including those in real estate. And Tim, how does that affect those in real estate or, or people that are buying and selling? Yeah, so number one, my advice to uh, people in the market and, uh, and realtors uh, is, number one, stay at home. Uh, follow what the Premier says. This is a serious situation. Things are getting worse on spread and infection rates. My number two rule, stay at home. And if you need to do business, use electronic means first and to the greatest extent possible. Uh, and three, counsel your clients to stay at home. Look, we all live in the real world. There are going to be uh, essential transactions that need to take place. You don't want people to be uh, out of pocket or out of their homes. So if you have a client who insists on an in-person transaction, uh, exhaust all the electronic means first. And then if you have to do a showing, for example, then use all of the guidelines that ARIA has put on our website around personal protective equipment, cleaning and disinfecting both before and after showing, space out the showings, limited to maybe the couple only, not groups. Follow the rules. Premier Ford and his government have designated realtors as essential services. We're fortunate to have it. Let's not screw it up because people that pay the price if those privileges are abused are people who are looking for a home and could end up in the streets. So, Tim, let's take a little bit of a, a trip back into 2020. How would you characterize that year? Was it more of a buyer's or seller's market? And then if you could look ahead as well to 2021, knowing what we're facing right now, how would you predict that the market will be going forward? Yeah, well, there's that old Charles Dickens story, a tale of two cities. So last year, I think, it was a tale of three markets. Uh, the beginning of 2020 started as a very strong uh, market, a lot of demand, uh, prices increasing. Uh, then when uh, COVID hit, everything, and we were on the show back then, ground to a halt. Nothing was happening for good reason. We didn't know what was happening with COVID. People were protecting themselves. And then when things started to recover, you saw a strong resurgence in the real estate market. I think that's no surprise. Uh, Canadians believe that real estate is a very uh, smart, 
uh, strong, long-term investment, plus it's a place where you raise your family. And number two, Tina, I think during 2020, uh, that the importance of having a home, the place that plays in the Canadian character as a place of safety and security where you can gather with your, your family and, and feel safe, that was all reinforced. So we saw more people deciding to make changes in the market, maybe expanding the room in the house, room for a home office to work from home, a yard to kick the ball around. We saw a lot of demand of folks living in condos trying to get into larger homes as well, as well as a bit of a shift to suburbs and more rural areas. That's a big, uh, that's a big download there, so I'll stop at 2020 and have to talk about 2021 going forward. Awesome, man. And, you know, we did see a lot of people coming into the 905 over the latter part of, or mid to latter part of 2020, and we see that trend continuing as you know, we're seeing so many bidding wars, multiple offer situations in the 905, in the 519. How do you see that playing out, and is there any relief in sight for supply? Well, you know, we did make a lot of progress uh, in our lobbying efforts at ARIA, thanks to a lot of grassroots realtors and our leadership who met with uh, government decision makers. So we did get new legislation in 2019. It was called the More Homes, More Choice Act. It was probably... Uh, the most pro-homeownership, pro-supply legislation in generations. But you can't build a home overnight, take some time to kick in, and certainly COVID slowed down construction. However, more supply is coming into the market for new homes. That's good. But you're absolutely right, Asif and Tina. The bottom line is we have a lot more demand out there for limited supply. It is causing bidding wars, and prices are going up. Uh, I do believe that we'll see that continue in 2021 until new supply comes on board. We still see that real estate is viewed as a good investment. I think COVID has reinforced the principles, the importance of uh, owning a home. And face it, a lot of people uh, who have kept their jobs, certainly those that have lost their jobs in a very different boat, but those that have kept their jobs have more savings. They're not driving to work every day, going out for lunches, clothes. That's enabled more people to have money for the down payment. So some would say that the smaller condo unit did not perform well in 2020 for obvious reasons. Do you think that the downtown Toronto core, especially that condo market, will bounce back if it needs to in 2021? You know, I don't know when that will be. And there's certainly those that could give you a better answer that are on the streets in the marketplace. Um, but when we look at the trends and we track them again at areacovid19info.com, we're regularly polling consumer sentiment. We certainly have seen the following shifts, a movement to larger homes as a result of the pandemic. Work from home has meant more people will take advantage of that, so they're moving a bit further away from core areas and looking for office space. And you see others that are looking to bring, you know, grandma or grandpa into the home because they're worried about long-term care. And that has meant, uh, and one of the biggest shifts we saw, Tina, in our polling was people who own small condos were really looking to get into a bigger place. Long run, I, I do believe things remain bright for cities. People who enjoy, you know, a vibrant uh, downtown environment, seeing a lot of friends, colleagues to network with, the uh, amenities, the entertainment, all of that. I do believe that those lake urban environments will revive. So, you know, medium to long term, I do see positive signs there. And Tim, do you think once everything calms down with the uh, the stay-at-home orders and you know, another 20 days or so of that or 25 days or so of that. How do you think that will impact the market? And, you know, will there be a bit of a lull and then we start coming back into it? Or do you see people, you know, seeing this as just business as usual right now and they're going to continue with their home searches and uh, on home sales? 
Yeah, well, again, I'll, I'll reiterate as we close here, my main advice is to stay at home. I'll say it again. Number one, stay at home. Number two, if you're doing real estate business, do it from home and use electronic means first to the greatest extent you can. And if your client insists on going out, uh, then follow the safety precautions that we've outlined at our ARIA COVID-19 info.com. Um, one of the reasons why the real estate market has been healthy is because realtors and brokerages like yours, assets have followed the highest standards. You put public safety and the health of employees and the clients, or sorry, realtors and the clients first and foremost. That's given more confidence for people to do showings. So if you have to do that in this environment, keep it up. Uh, otherwise, I, I, I do worry that um, we could lose essential services or confidence in the market would be hurt if we don't practice the highest level of safety procedures and professional standards. And Tim, just before we let you go, we understand that earlier this week, you were named one of real estate's most influential leaders. Congratulations on this achievement, especially during these times. That's remarkable. Well, thanks. I, now, now I feel like I can be, you know, closer to the same stage as Asif, who won, you know, Broker of the Year, if I recall, <laughs> in, uh, in, in 2020. Um, but no, nice of you to say that was uh, from Swanpool for North American Residential Real Estate Leader, so it was really an honor. And we do have an outstanding team at ARIA that's helped us put info out. We appreciate uh, venues like your own, our President Sean Morrison, and David Oikler, President Lack, all of us have been out there. And there are some uh, additional details that we're digging in, you know, right now. So stay tuned to our website around, you know, what happens with renovation projects that are currently underway or new ones under this current stay-at-home order, what happens with construction projects, and also what happens with any short-term rentals. We're digging in information. Go to our website so you've got the latest news. That's awesome, Tim. Thanks so much for joining us. Congratulations again, and we look forward to having you on in a couple of months and getting an update. Always a pleasure. Look forward to it. Stay safe. Good business. After the break, luxury home sales set a record. This is On the Market on 105.9 The Region. Stay with us. Need to connect with Asif Khan from REMAX Prime Properties? Call him, 416-985-Khan. That's 416-985-5426. Or email asif at thehomeshop.ca. Now, back to On the Market on 105.9 The Region. You're listening to 105.9 The Region. Welcome back to On The Market, York Region's only radio real estate show. I'm Tina Cortez, and my co-host is Asif Khan with REMAX Prime Properties with today's next guest, Asif. Thank you, Tina. Joining us next is Christopher Alexander, Chief Strategy Officer and Executive Vice President with REMAX of Ontario Atlantic. Chris, welcome back to the show. Thank you very much for having me. Good to, good to talk to you guys again. And you too. And, you know, we're looking at the 2021 REMAX GTA Luxury Report. And what a phenomenal year for properties over $3 million, 55.7% increase from 2019. Tell us more about what we found here. Well, the luxury story of 2020 is really broken down into four parts. And really, uh, it was a record-breaking year for Uber Luxury. And that we, we categorize that in sales over $3 million, as you said. And really, the uh, luxury home sales over the $3 million mark set a new record uh, in the midst of the pandemic with uh, the number of freehold and condominium properties sold in the GTA topping uh, peak 2017 levels. So overall, there were uh, 1,062 homes sold over $3 million in 2020, which was up about a percent uh, over peak 2017. And, you know, we had double-digit gains reporting at, uh, reported at the 3 4 and $5 million mark compared to last year. Uh, so it was a very, very robust year for luxury. 
And why do you think this move to the luxury market? Uh, there's a number of factors, but I think the biggest reason is, and this was uh, very interesting, I think for the first time ever, uh, there were parallels in almost every segment of the market. And uh, people didn't want to wait anymore to realize their home goals, call it. Um, you know, a lot of people gained a tremendous amount of equity over the last half a decade, uh, which has allowed them to uh, move into the Uber luxury segment. Interest rates are at an all-time low. Uh, typically, when, you know, the average buyer that can afford over $3 million doesn't need a lot of mortgage, but uh, certainly people have taken advantage of the ultra-low rates and there's just been so much upward pressure um, all the way through the market, except for the condominium sector downtown, which is even starting to rebound now, uh, that uh, people were making very serious buying and living decisions. And, of course, I'm going to date myself here, but I remember when Uber Luxury started at a million dollars in the GTA, and now we're talking $3 million. Who do you see as the main buyers of these Uber Luxury properties? Well, you're not dating yourself too much. I mean, that was only about seven, eight years ago. Yeah. Um, that, to me, is, is the you know really a compelling story as well. But uh, this is all domestic. Um, well, ninety-five percent, maybe even a bit more, is domestic buyers, and you know a lot of the super luxury was dri- uh, driven by international buyers, uh, especially in 2016 and 17. Uh, the restrictions on travel have you know albeit halted all of that, but it's really the domestic Canadian that has gained a tremendous amount of equity in their homes and uh, have, you know, high-paying jobs. And Chris, do you think this growth in luxury home sales will continue in 2021? I think yes, but we may have to redefine what Uber luxury means. Uh, And I'm saying this because I think inventory is going to be unequivocally uh, tight this year again. Um, the good news is, is that the real estate industry has figured out how to facilitate a lot of transactions uh, without, you know, viewing properties in person. Uh, it'll be a little tougher at that at these price points, but um, I think, you know, there's going to be a tremendous amount of upward pressure on prices, so we're going to see a lot of sales over over these numbers again. I agree, and, and you know, uh, Remax had predicted about a six to eight percent increase in price for 2021 in their in their housing outlook report. And I see the same trend continuing here. Do you see, a, you know, more of a price pressure once the borders open up and we start seeing foreign investors get back into the market or, or people that are moving to Canada get back into the market? And which areas do you feel will be the hottest areas when that happens? Uh, I think as soon as immigration opens up again, uh, it's going to be a tremendous amount of activity uh, at all levels. I mean, most new Canadians, to qualify to get into the country, you have to have a lot of working experience. You, you know, you need to have a good track record, a good education. So there are high-quality immigrants coming. You know, they have money to spend, and a lot of them will start off in, in renting and stuff, but um, that's going to permeate all up. And as I mentioned, we've got, you know, serious inventory challenges. So uh, I predict that... Most of southern Ontario, particularly the GTA, again, uh, and Kitchener-Waterloo and Ottawa are going to face really, really strong upward pressure. And with so many working from home these days, do you think that growth in the luxury home sales had to do with the size of the home or the size of the property? 
people were looking for larger and more or and greater space? Yes, that that was a big trend. I mean, we've got a lot of data. I mean, there was a ten percent swing uh, from sales out of the GTA and into the nine hundred five, mostly in Peel and Hamilton. And uh, your dollar does go a lot further, especially in that price point uh, in those in those two markets. So. That was a, you know, a big driving force. There's more space, more green space, uh, bigger garages, all of those factors. And as I said before, people just don't want to wait anymore. They're making big buying decisions like immediately. And how much of a role did the larger homes, which were you know in North York region or even Simcoe County, how much did they play a role in this report in terms of a lot of people moved out of the city core itself and into the 905. Do you think that was a driving force in the report? Uh, well, I, yeah, the, the two biggest uh, gains were in Halton and Peel, uh, but Richmond Hill and North York were were uh, closely behind. Uh, and again, it was the whole more space, more yard, more driveway, more garage um, that people were attracted to. So do you think then that if life does get back to some sort of normalcy, that there will be a correction, that the downtown core, those smaller condos will return to being at the top of the list for, for um, some of your clients? A hundred percent, yes. I think, um, you know, I have, a, I have coined a phrase uh, in our office, and that is COVID crazy. And I think a lot of people are making COVID crazy decisions. Not to say that most of them won't be happy long term in those decisions, but um, I think there's going to be a lot of people that may be bored living outside of the action. Um, but the main thing, the main thing that gives me confidence is that humans are creatures of habit. We are very social. You know, our our lifestyle choices and desires don't really change overnight. Uh, do I think that people moving from Toronto to Oakville are going to be dissatisfied? No, but if you're moving from Toronto to a rural area, uh, you might be pretty bored in a couple of years. And Christopher, if people want more information from you about this report, if they want to read the report, how can they get a hold of it? Blog.remax.ca. Blog.remax.ca. Thanks so much for joining us once again, and we look forward to a great 2021 and Look forward to having you on once again. Uh, thanks for having me, guys. Always great to talk to you. Terrific. When we come back, your questions for Asif Khan. This is On the Market on 105.9 The Region. Stay with us. Need to connect with Asif Khan from REMAX Prime Properties? Call him, 416-985-Khan. That's 416-985-5426. Or email asif at thehomeshop.ca. Now, back to On the Market on 105.9 The Region. Welcome back to On the Market, York Region's exclusive radio real estate show. I'm station manager Tina Cortez, and time now for our listener questions. And the first one comes from Mark in Thornhill. He wants to know, what is co-ownership and how does it work? Asif? Mark, great question. Co-ownership, the the idea started in the West Coast uh, of Canada. And I know BC has uh, a number of places that offer co-ownership right now. And co-ownership can be described in two different ways. One is two, three, four people getting together and purchasing a property 
and all sharing in that property. So that's one type of co-ownership. The other one that's gaining a lot of traction is a concept that uh, we had on our show from Key Living a while back, and, and Mark McLean was on our show, and he was telling us how this works. And basically, in a co-ownership situation with Key Living, you can get in to home ownership with $15,000 down. And what that gets you is that gets you into a place, you pay monthly, just like you would pay a mortgage or rent. However, your money is going into purchasing more shares of this property as you do that. This is a great way for people to, you know, if they have fifteen or twenty or thirty thousand dollars saved up, it's a great way for them to one invest in real estate. And when you're done with this property, if you want to go and purchase another property, you're able to sell your shares or cash out your shares and take that equity over to a new property. So co-ownership, it's been growing the way that prices have increased and. Uh, you know, across the GTA and even across Canada, this is a great way for younger people or even people that have been renting for a long time to be able to get into home ownership. Okay, so those are some of the benefits. Do you see any problems or issues that could come up with this idea? I would see a problem if you were doing the first option, which was purchasing with three or four people and say one of them decides that they want out. You have to have all the documents in place and, and you know, plan B's in place to make sure that there is a process in there to buy out this person and that there's money available to buy out this person. And I would see that as a drawback, but outside of that, it's a great way for young people to get into the market and especially a concept like key living. I mean, you're, these are people that have purchased buildings and they are leasing out these condos or renting out these condos with, it's almost like a rent to own, Tina. So, you're paying monthly, but what you're doing is you're buying down uh, the the shares that you have in there and increasing your equity in this property. Okay, I got it. Our next question comes from Candace in Markham. She wants to know if she should spruce up the entertainment areas, her backyard pool, and spacious home office as she prepares to sell her home this spring. This seems pretty obvious to me, Asif. And, and it's a great question. Mm-hmm. And we had more demand for pools in 2020 than I have ever seen. Everyone wanted a home with a pool. And quite frankly, there's not a lot around. And and those were the ones that were getting into huge bidding wars. So Candace, yeah, definitely. Uh, You know, highlight the entertainment areas, the workspace. People have kids now, you know, they've just announced that school will be online for even longer. So people are getting really upset with having everyone in the same space and they're looking for larger homes. They're looking for more areas where they can get away from the kids or get away from their spouse when they're working and be in a private area of the home. So if you have private areas that people can use for home offices or schooling, if you have entertainment areas like a theater room downstairs or a pool or a hot tub in the backyard, you definitely want to highlight those. And she said she wants to spruce up these areas. How much should she invest to do that? Because people might come in and do their own thing. Yeah, and by sprucing up, you want to clean it up. You want to make it presentable. You don't necessarily want to redo things or add a pool or anything like that. So a realtor would be able to come in and let you know what you should do and what you shouldn't do. And you just want to make sure everything's in good working order and that should set you apart from your competition if they don't have these areas. And Asif, if our listeners want to connect with you directly, how can they do that? 
They can call me anytime at 416-985-CON. That's 416-985-5426. That's our show for this week. Remember, if you need to connect with Asif Khan or if you missed any part of On the Market, go to 1059theregion.com. Thanks for listening. Need to connect with Asif Khan from REMAX Prime Properties? Call him, 416-985-CON. That's 416-985-5426. Or email asif at thehomeshop.ca.